Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. That defense was pretty bad. The Raptors lose 127-121. to 121. Another loss, yes, against the Detroit Pistons, who are helmed, coached by Dwayne Casey, former Raptors uh, coach and coach of the year in the year that he was fired by them. The next year, of course, they went on to win the championship. Nick Nurse uh, developed a niche clothing line that some people support and purchase from. Due to his, I would say, unique and uh, out-of-the-box thinking as far as defensive schemes. Offensively, I don't think there's much to touch on. All the coaches I talk to are kind of like, eh, by, uh, by Nick Nurse as far as the offense goes. But defensively, man, he's done some wild stuff. So anyway, yes, the Raptors, 127 to 121. They lose against the Pistons. I was on Sportsnet Radio, and they asked me about this game. and They said, what should we watch for? And I said, I know Cade has started slow, but just watch this guy. He's the real deal. And Cade Cunningham, despite scoring only 10 points, he was the guy who closed the Raptors out on an array of impressive finishes and shots created, two of which came against uh, OG Ananobi, who, as we know, as Raptors fans and Raptors analysts, is not the easiest guy to get got. But OG got got by Cade twice and also the Raptors just a huge mistake down the stretch as well as far as it comes to guarding Cade they they had Scotty push up on him basically at half court that was the easiest blow by Cade has had since he arrived in the NBA Scotty could affect and dominate college level guards in the full court press he's not going to dominate NBA guards in that way don't have him go up and press all that really did was just make Cade pushed the gas a little bit, and then blew by him, and Scotty had to foul him when they were trying really hard to stop these possessions down the stretch. So please do not have Scotty press guards. It is a fruitless endeavor, truly. It's not going to be rewarding. Maybe someday down the road, I don't know. Currently, though, no. Please don't do that. Uh, a good thing that he did down the stretch, though, was uh, you know an isolation uh, defensive possession against Jeremy Grant, where his defense I thought was phenomenal and forced a miss. But the defense probably is the place to start with the Raptors in this one and obviously talk about some 
fantastic offensive performances, namely from Pascal Siakam. And Gary Trent Jr.'s first half was phenomenal. I think he he went 3 of 11 from the floor after starting out 5 of 5, though. But you win some, you lose some, of course. They're, they're, Gary Trent Jr. is a streaky shooter. Raptors fans know this. Portland fans know this. So, But anyway, the defense from the get-go, pretty poor. The Raptors, who have made their bones on the defensive end this year, are we're missing, if not the second best, perhaps the best defender on the team this year. OG's been really good. I don't want to take anything away from him. But Fred has been really great on the defensive end as well. One of their best defenders not involved in this game. And also Fred, just as an overall player, has been... Uh, he's been the best player on the team so far this year. He's been phenomenal. And they didn't have him tonight. Was Detroit missing anybody of note? Uh, Kelly Olynyk is a good player, like a positive NBA player. But uh, he's not of he's not as important to the Pistons as Fred is to the Raptors, of course. But yes, the Raptors missing a fulcrum of their defense, a fulcrum of their offense, and succeeding far more at the latter than the former in this game. And the Pistons particularly Isaiah Stewart and their shooters getting to really advantageous positions because, and this is, you know, the Raptors were oscillating between quite a few different looks defensively. We saw a 1-3-1. We saw a 3-2, both of those zones. We saw some matchup zone, a bunch of stuff, and the Raptors did not succeed at any of those. This was also exacerbated by the Raptors having a lot of the one-pass-away three-pointers that the Pistons made actually drop. Because one-pass-away three-pointers typically aren't that effective at the NBA level. It's one-pass-away. It's a small advantage created. Typically, it's guys like Kyle Korver, historically, who you don't want to allow them the one-pass-away. J.J. Redick, you don't want to allow the one. Ray Allen, right? Steph Curry, don't allow the one-pass-away. Don't shade the ball handler because those guys can hit in that space. But most NBA players do not actually make it rain like crazy on the one-pass-away triples. And when Josh Jackson and Killian Hayes and Jeremy Grant are the guys hitting those one-pass-away triples, particularly down the stretch, I think the Pistons scored 34 in the fourth quarter, a large dose of those uh, one-pass-away three-pointers. That's where the defense isn't that bad, but the outcome truly is. And so the Pistons definitely relative to, you know, their shooting talent relative to the actual quality of the shots they created, they did, they were way over their head that I do. I do believe that, but the Raptors not to their credit did move away from some stuff and go into zone defenses that allowed wide open corner triples, particularly the one, three, one. I, uh, fun Samson folk fact. We had a six foot seven guy on my high school team. And we played him in the middle of the three, and I played the bottom one in the one three one, which means I am running from sideline to sideline adjacent to the baseline. I'm trying to cover a lot of ground there. And uh, when I was playing against teams that could shoot well, it was hell to get to the corners and to cover shooters there. The Raptors, obviously, in this game, are uh, suffering from something similar. And they like putting their lengthy guys up top. So Gary Trent Jr. or Goran Dragic playing the bottom of a one three one is not super good. And the Raptors, they felt the pain of that. And giving up 127 points to the Pistons, who scored, I think, less than 90 in their last game, that is not really acceptable. And, well, they scored less than 80 in their last game, actually. They scored 78. That's something the Raptors can't have happen. It was just an atrocious defensive performance. And the main culprits of it, I would think, are Delano Banton, 
and Goran Dragic and Scotty Barnes. When you play a zone and you collapse your part of it and you float out in a way or you're an astronaut on a certain defensive play, you're going to give up huge, just boatloads of space to an offense to either hunt that space as a driver and get in deep like Isaiah Stewart did, or they're going to have a wide open jumper available to them. And those three that I mentioned in particular, I think had tough games as far as maintaining the zone. And Dragic, I, man, he wasn't good in zone or in man, but I thought he would be better in zone because of the time he spent with Miami for so many years. And Miami obviously is very famous for the zone they ran. It was an inverted zone, but I thought Dragic would fit in better. And he didn't really. The Raptors, they, oh God, they offered up so much to the Pistons. So much easy pickings. And, you know, the Raptors, Scoring 121, I mean, there was a lot to like in the offensive process. So many players popped off, and they got good shots. And the the process was great, especially Sands Fred. But when you allow 127 points, it's not going to cut it, not for a second. And because of that, they fall to 7-7, and 500 on the season. Offensively, though, they found quite a few things that worked, particularly Pascal Siakam and Goran Dragic, where they haven't before. Pascal had a little bit of pop in his first game back as far as A, creating for himself, and B, creating for others. But just a little bit of pop. You saw him rotate the defense. You saw him put, you know, a little bit of pressure on the rim, you know, off the bounce. But this game was a marked improvement from the first two, I think. And maybe not defensively where (laughs) in the Raptors where they spent so much time chasing guys And not getting there, you know, it was hard for anybody to look like they were having a sterling defensive performance in this one. You allow 127 points, it's just, it's never going to look like that. But offensively, Pascal got to the bucket by by himself, of his own volition and creation, more than, way more than the first two games that he played. He was able to create from the middle of the floor out to the Raptors shooters, mainly in the first half, uh, Gary Trent Jr., And that's the whole appeal. That's the thing that Pascal brings to this roster that doesn't exist elsewhere is a guy who's going to get into the teeth of the defense and ideally create really easy looks for his teammates. Nobody else creates the ease of looks that Pascal does. Of course, Fred has done, I think, an admirable job creating shots this year. But as far as the quality of shots, how wide open a player is, are they being led to the bucket on some occasions? That is where Pascal shines. And in this game, his own scoring, his ability to shoot the ball as well, two of three from downtown is really great considering that the team, the Pistons would have loved to just leave him out there and have him go over three and not worry about that jumper. But the shots he made from downtown did allow, particularly late, him avenues to get to the bucket, to get to the free throw line, and to put pressure on that Pistons defense. It was a culmination of a lot of things. Yes, 5 of 9 from the free throw line. He could have been better there. But this was a fantastic performance, all things considered, for Pascal. It's a shame it didn't come in a win. He actually did his best down the stretch. He had quite a few really nice plays. Shots made, end ones, huge offensive boards, and, you know, playing in the screen game, helping shake loose Goran Dragic. And that's something, you know, it wasn't even that great in this game. I wouldn't say great. Maybe above average in this game on some plays because Pascal is a poor screener. He has very little interest in making contact, but uh, it made contact on some things in this game and his gravity in those pick and roll possessions as a screener helped open up Goran Dragic. 
Now, Dragic, I thought, was pretty good offensively. Uh, he plays slower than a lot of the guys, but particularly down the stretch and as a spot-up shooter, he brought it. You know, throughout the game, he wasn't scared to shoot it. If the defense was packing in, he was like, okay, I'll put the shot in. Two of five, 40%. What more could you want, really, right? And on top of that, I think rim pressure. This Raptors team does not bring that. It is not something they do very often. And so Goran Dragic providing a little bit of rim pressure and turning the defense, he gnashes the pick and roll all the time, right? That's kind of what he likes to do, evaluate after turning the corner again. That stuff was all on display tonight, and it's not that he was fantastic or anything. It was just that he was good. Dragic was good. Is that meaningful for the rest of the season? What does that mean as far as the guard rotation? Because he wasn't playing when Fred was healthy. I mean, he had, what, seven games in a row? Ten games in a row, maybe, of did not play coach's decision? So, remains to be seen. And then, of course, like OG Ananobi, a classic OG Ananobi game of years past. He's a hawk above the break defensively. He gets out on the run in transition, gets easy dunks, easy looks at the bucket, and he's spotting up for three. We we got a little bit of that, you know, the post-up playmaker type thing from OG, but it, it was kind of a fruitless endeavor in this game. But uh, you want more from him in this one? And he did hit probably his most contested shot jumper of the year. And it was uh, in in a moment with a little bit of leverage to it. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't like a Sterling OG game or anything like that. It was fairly one note, I would say. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't too moved by it. And Gary, I mean, in the first half, I thought he was just phenomenal. And that's the big thing with Gary, right, is that what shots is he making that are easy? And what shots is he making that are hard? The shots he made in this game largely were very difficult shots. Some of them easy. A couple looks from downtown were easy, and he made them look easy. You know, little sidestep, pound dribble, get around a closeout, find a shot for yourself. Just straight spot up, catch and shoot guy. That's easy. A lot of it, though, featured him trying to get downhill, getting to like the second hash mark below the free throw line, and then fading to his left, kind of sticking that right arm out there and hitting those really difficult shots. He hit a couple of those, but down the stretch of this game, the easy three-point shots that were available to him didn't fall, and neither did the difficult ones he was trying to get himself into. That's that's not like a comment or anything. It's just that like when we're watching these games down the stretch and Pascal is able to get to the free-throw line or get to the bucket or Scotty Barnes as well, right? You're seeing guys with these immense athletic gifts and their ability to use them to get easy baskets down the stretch. Gary, like hell yeah, his shot-making talent looks really sharp in a game like this. But I'm looking for a little bit more diligence off ball to get himself easy looks in the second half, for example, because clearly the shooting touch is going, but you don't want to rely so much on just crazy creation off the bounce in the mid range or from downtown. You need to be diligent in the way that you work your roots on pin downs, on flares, your footwork, all that stuff, and get into good shot making scenarios. That I felt was a little bit lacking in the second half. And if he had done that well, we may have been able to see like a 30-burger from him or something. That, that's all I'm looking for. But tonight, particularly the playmaking coupled with his scoring, pretty sharp. I really liked his performance. Because with that shot making, when he got into a jump stop, he could pump fake and then find a guy and then immediately cut into open space. 
And that created a lot of havoc for the defense to try and account for that. And it opened up stuff for his teammates who he had passed to. And so, hell yeah, Gary. Uh, love to see him expanding with counters and stuff like that. Scotty, you know, it's it's still a tough go for him because this team, you know, in a game like this where, you know, they go 13 of 34 from downtown, that's a pretty good number. That's something you like to see. But Scotty isn't operating in like tons of space and the jumper, while he's hit some in his early career, is not like a weapon at this point. And so he's got to get to the bucket and he's typically been making really highly contested shots there and, you know, eating on the offensive glass, of course. In this game, they did a pretty good job of keeping away from the bucket and eating there, uh, particularly on the offensive glass, right? So uh, tough game for him. There's a lot of length and beef stew at the end of it. Isaiah Stewart is a big guy to contend with, and I understand why that was difficult for him from a matchup point of view. Uh, Banton. Really bad defensively, as I talked about at the top. But offensively, I thought he had some wonderful interpretations as far as a passer and really as a guy looking to score the ball. As I talked about, you know, however many podcasts ago, the Raptors started looking for Banton, not so much to just get downhill with like a pick and roll action, but they they run guys through the middle so that he can make passes. And that's how they get downhill momentum with him handling the ball on the court. In this game, he was able to take some trickery, some craft, and actually get downhill on a couple of occasions and hit a spot-up three. So that was awesome to see. Uh, Kem Birch, quiet game. 16 minutes, basically, and the Raptors, it obviously seemed like this wasn't the game for him. And that's fine, because the Raptors, they were really leaning into the length thing. You know, look at their starting lineup, right? Like OG or Pascal are operating as the nominal center. Uh, on a possession to possession basis. So they're leaning into that. And it wasn't easy for Nurse to just plug in Birch and have the team play the way that they wanted to, as far as stylistically. Uh, Svi, I thought Svi was pretty sharp tonight, although the defense, I think, is still like his defense has been super up and down this year. He can have like a really, really strong four minute stretch or something where he's super aggressive on ball and pretty heady off of it. But in a game like this, particularly within a zone, or trying to account for shooters that are swirling around. It was uh it wasn't it wasn't very good. Chris Boucher, hope he gets better. He went to contest a shot and Isaiah Stewart basically, you know, Isaiah went up normally and you know, bodies clash. Boucher was in the air, he was susceptible and he was in a tough position and he ended up getting flipped and landing on his it looked like his arm that he was able to kind of roll out of it and disperse the kinetic energy but obviously leaving the game after that and with a an injury of sorts right like he was he was feeling it to some degree and that makes sense to me it's get yourself looked after the same way Fred and Precious are getting looked after currently and just make sure and Utah as well and just make sure everything is spick and span over there uh Reggie Evans award winner Pascal Siakam so much work put in man he was everywhere on the court uh I believe as Lewis Atzman called him a, let me pull it up. <laughs> he said it's psycho level stuff as far as his activity on the court. And that's true. He was awesome. He was omnipresent. He was everywhere. And uh, it just a massively positive impact in this game, despite that not being the case for some others on the team. It sucks to come in a loss like this, but Pascal was so good. Uh, top quick reaction comment from MZ, quote, we're all the haters tonight. I'll get y'all started. Pascal, near triple-double on 64% shooting. Absolutely useless. Trade him now. 
Two, Dragic 16-5-3 with two steals and team leading plus six. Clearly washed and will never even get a second round pick for him. Three, Fred couldn't even get one point tonight. Pure trash. End quote. Yeah. <laughs> MZ, I'm with you, brother. Uh, Dragic had some really tough games and he wasn't getting played. So I understand why people were maybe a little bit lower on him. But I still think he's a good functional NBA player. And whenever he ends up on like, I don't know, the Mavericks maybe with his, his brother Luca. We'll probably see him play meaningful playoff minutes or something like that. And yeah, Pascal was awesome. Turns out, you know, maybe two games after a torn labrum surgery and like six months off of basketball isn't enough, as it turns out. Uh, Fred, yeah, couldn't get one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we know, uh, it's hard to score from the bench. Uh, very clever of you to point out, MZ. And Fred has been awesome, by the way. So MZ, thanks for writing in. Listener, thank you for listening, whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.